0: My name is Jim Fleming and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning everybody. Welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. We'll see how long it takes him to realize, right? <laughs> Oh, me. I love you guys. uh, (laughs) We have to wait for the uh, certain husbands to realize where their wives are sitting so that we can begin. So there we go. All right, so this morning we're in uh, Philippians chapter 1 again, uh, picking up in the middle of verse 4. So let's read through uh, all of Philippians chapter 1. And uh, then we will begin a deep dive into a handful of verses this morning. So Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you, because I have you in my heart, and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in a defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because i am in christ most of the brothers have gained confidence in the lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly to be sure some preach christ out of envy and rivalry but others out of goodwill these preach out of love knowing that i am appointed for the defense of the gospel the others proclaim christ out of selfish ambition not sincerely thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice because I know this will lead to my salvation through your prayers and help from the spirit of Jesus Christ. My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I don't know which one I should choose. I'm torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that because of my coming again to you, your boasting in Christ Jesus may abound. Just one thing, as citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel not being frightened in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation, and this is from God. For it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I have. Philippians chapter 1. Do you guys ever experience this when you're reading the Bible? That you're reading through and you see something that you want to go and chase and you realize that's actually not, like, that's not where I'm at right now. So I'm going to say this out loud so I can get it out of my system. I am super curious to see because in verse 27 it says, As citizens of heaven live your life, singular Worthy of the gospel of Christ. I want to go chase that singular. I'm not going to go chase that singular right now. We'll get to that in a few weeks. Yeah, (laughs) a month, two months. It'll be what it'll be. It'll be all right. It's all right. The Lord knows, right? (laughs) It's okay. All right, so the last uh, couple of weeks we have been in this uh, verses uh, 1 through 4. So I'll pick up with verse 3 as we begin this Thanksgiving and prayer section. So I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy. And that's, that's where we left off last week, always praying with joy. So today, uh, what I want to, I think we can get through is the, for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, this kind of next uh, clause, if you will. Now, are you guys familiar with the idea that Paul writes really long sentences? Like, like one of the things that scholars like to do is they like to diagram and split apart and organize and outline and cut up. And, and when you do that with Paul, you need big pieces of paper. <laughs> like I feel sorry for these guys that write these books and they have these tiny pages and they try to do this with Paul because it spans like three pa- and you can't understand where these, you, you, you do not get it with small books. So you have to have big books to do this. Uh, but the word I want to start with this morning is the word for right there in the middle of page 28 If you got your green books or if you're online, you can look at it at com. And good morning to everybody online uh, Tim and Mila, did you guys get your green books? I mailed them this week, so give me a, some sort of notification if you did, that'd be cool uh, But this word for uh, is what kind of a word, Zeke? It's a preposition, you've been writing on this for like three weeks, right? You are ready, you are, uh, I, I knew the tension, we just had to like, let you get that off your chest, you're good. So what page are we going to, Zeke? No, what page are we going to? Not 28, that's exactly right. we're going to go to page 11 right now. So page 11. So page 11 is the preposition circle, so this just kind of gives us an idea of what's related to what. So if you still got your finger in page 28, because hopefully you got like a bookmark or something, if you need more of these, I bought a bunch more because what I realized is I use an obscene amount of these now at the house. So all the books that I have have these in them right now. It's ridiculous. So uh, you can grab some at the end of class today. But uh, that word for is the Greek word "uper." It means uh, over. So if we were looking for a word that might mean over, where do we think it might be relative to the circle? On top? Yep. So it is uh, next to the top, uh, and here I have also pronounced a, uh, a, a I said it wrong, Hupair, sorry. Uh, I feel like Mitch is he's judging me right now. He's not, but you've forgotten that, right? It's been a long time, yes. I'm grateful that you've forgotten. They're not judging me. I appreciate that. But I've also included the Strong's number, so you can also tie back a couple of different ways. Uh, but this is over. So relative to the object, this is over so look at the page twenty eight look at her verse i 'm praying with joy for all of you i 'm praying with joy over all of you now this is not over in a like i 'm domineering i 'm an apostle and i 'm showing off my streak this is like I am praying over you I am praying over you I am praying over you and if you if you feel like this has some kind of a Uh, tie to the Old Testament, uh, it absolutely does, uh, because this is the concept of a blessing, right? You've seen this concept before where you you pray something over someone. Uh, One of the songs that we're currently singing in church right now uh, has this as a bit of a motif through it, right? I play blessings in your life. I pray this for you, these types of a thing. So it's very consistent uh, theologically here. So I'm praying with joy over some of you, right? Those of you that are my favorites, those of you that I want to go to lunch with afterward, those of you that I saved a seat for when I come, those of you that gave a lot of money to me when I was in need, what? All, 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 all. Uh, Paul uses the word all a lot in this uh, little section of Scripture. So I'm praying with joy for all of you in My every prayer. So what do we what what can we what can you kind of take away from this on page twenty-eight? So a couple of applications real quick. So application number one, prayer for others can be joyful. Did I mention this one last week or no? I don't think I did. Okay. Bottom of page twenty eight. Prayer for others can be joyful. So what do we do? Pray with Joy, yes, pray with joy. I don't know where we got the idea that prayer always has to be somber and subdued and uh, like this, oh, it, there are times, right? When we lament, when we mourn, when we cry out to God, when we don't have answers, when the spirit groans for us when we don't have words. But there are also a lot of things to be really joyous about before the Lord. And we can pray with joy. So let's pray with joy. And then he's praying for all of you. And I'm going to, guys, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to beat this drum all the way through Philippians. So if you don't like this word, you are, you are not going to like this study because I'm going to say it a lot. Uh, prayer is inclusive. Prayer is inclusive. So when we pray for each other, we pray for all of each other. We don't leave anybody out of our prayers. It's not a like, well, check, 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 check. Oh, no, not today. They wronged me. Not today. No, 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 no. You pray for all of them. So what do we do? We pray inclusively for all. Some of the, some of the best unbiblical advice I ever got in my entire life. That'll get your attention, right? I can't find it explicitly in the Bible as a command, but if you pray for your enemies, you tend to love them more. I can't find that connection there. There's a command to pray for our enemies, and there's a command to love our enemies, and I think when you do them together, there's a relationship that occurs, and it's really, really helpful, and if we view each other inside the church as enemies, which, oh my goodness, this is a travesty, right? Um, this works as well so Paul is praying for all of them in his every prayer would you say that's a lot of prayer it's a lot of prayer yeah Paul was a man of prayer um, which I think if you if you read through his life kind of makes sense because how, <laughs> like how do you go through all of that right without really being steeped in a relationship with God that is uh, good and helpful so with all, with joy for all of you in my every prayer. And this word prayer. So prayer shows up several times in Philippians, and Paul. I remember massive education, steeped in Old Testament theology. His vocabulary is just unbelievable. His ability to weave language incredible. Um, it's the exact opposite of what you're going to find in like First uh, and Second Peter and First, Second, Third John. I mean, the, the language there is. Like, we would use those uh, Greek texts to teach four, five, and six-year-olds how to read the language. Like, it's super elementary. Philippians, completely opposite. It's much closer to Romans. But this word for prayer at the end of verse 4 is a petition. So, probably not a word that you hear very often. So, what's the word petition mean? Anybody know? Petition. Petition. Not partition, petition. Request? Yeah, a request on behalf of somebody else, right? So think about it this way. Um, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I've had some friends that have gotten in trouble with the law before. And one of the things that a lawyer, yes, yes, Sean, thank you very much for, no, I don't, if you have, that's sad, but I, I wasn't engaged on that one, so sorry. Um, One of the things that lawyers will ask friends of the person being charged to do is to write letters to the judge on behalf of the judge and petition the judge for leniency or forgiveness or an ease of use or something that lightens up what the righteous judge should have judged. That's what this word is, asking on behalf of another because something is lacking. There's something missing, so I'm gonna ask who's in charge, God, to make up what is lacking. And we actually see this theme throughout Philippians, that Paul cares about them deeply. And it's not just because, you know, the Philippians have given financially to Paul, it's he loves them. I mean, these are his brothers and his sisters, and he just flat out loves them. So we have... uh, someone who is attending their very first Sunday School class today, which I am super stoked about. So, Danus and Brittany, if there was anything that baby needed right now, would, would you hesitate to meet that need? Like there would be no hesitation. Like, let's just go, let's go handle this, let's go meet this, let's go make sure it happens, right? And if, if I asked you on behalf of uh, Olivia, Hey, Olivia, I just picked somebody at random. You weren't paying attention, so I figured I'd pick you, so that's cool. Uh, Pro-teaching tip, uh, when do you want to engage an entire group of people? Pick the person who's not looking at you, there you go. Uh, But if I engaged uh, Olivia and said, Olivia is gonna walk uh, your child around the building a few times right now. Oh, I know that look. That That was a, no, she's not, no, she's not. Is there any amount of petitioning that I could do that would make that happen, Brittany? It's like, not really, right? Just, just to be honest, this, like, that's not going to happen right now. The child is very small. There's a, a, a high degree of protection. Like, this is where we're at. This is, okay, good. This is as far as an example as I can get from what Paul is doing with God. Because God wants to engage and wants to bless and wants to show his love to the Philippians. And he's got Paul... Asking God to do that. So what does a good father do to his children when he's asked to do something for his children? He does it. It's wonderful. Now, this is a good thing. But I think it's an even more encouraging thing because Paul tells the Philippians he's actually doing it. There's an element of, I can pray for you and you don't know it. And then there's an element of, I can pray for you, and I tell you that I'm praying for you, and it's a significant encouragement. Right, Z? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you're all all going to wonder why I'm calling you. There you go. All right. So verse 5. So, so why is he doing this? Verse 5. Because of your partnership in the gospel. Because of your partnership in the gospel. All right. So two big, massive, behemoth words here. The first is partnership. Uh, this is going to be a word that that if you've been in church very long at all, you've heard this Greek word. This is the Greek word koinonia. Uh, and this word is a Swiss Army knife word. It can be used in lots and lots of different situations. Uh, it's it's kind of like the English word trunk. So if I say the word trunk, what does the word trunk mean? Several, Several of them. They're like, what does it mean? The tree, tree trunk, right? There's a, The big Body of a tree trunk, right? The what? Elephant. An elephant's trunk, right? What else? Trunk the trunk of a car, in the back of a car, right? What else? A what's that? A suitcase. a suitcase, yes, good. What else? Torso, that's exactly right. From the medical perspective. There you go. What else? Now it gets difficult. You're like, wait, there's more. What the, what's that? Swim. Swimming trunks, there you go good and context matters a great deal here right cuz if i'm at the beach and i say something about trunks i'm probably not talking about a tree i'm probably talking about swimming trunks so in this context look at the definitions here this word can mean just partnership can mean participation can mean social intercourse it can mean financial benefaction so Because of your partnership in the gospel. Now, Paul is a really impressive writer. And sometimes he will use a switchblade word, intentionally calling upon more than one of the definitions at a single time in the context. So how have the Philippians partnered with Paul in the gospel? By sending funds, right? Absolutely. So, which one is that? The financial benefaction, right? We got a benefactor. Yes, good. So, he's checked that one. Anything else? Participation. That's exactly right. Yeah, they've actually, like, there's more of them there now. There's a legitimate church there that is thriving. So, they are partnering in the spread of the gospel. Good. Anything else? social intercourse absolutely now the interesting thing about this one is paul hung out with them a little bit when philippians began but what has also been happening since the time paul started the church in philippi and here 10 years later who's been burning up the road oh come on guys this is why i want to read the letter every week the whole thing there's one special guy keep trying Epaphroditus, yes. Uh, one of my favorite parts about uh, Salos' CD, Philippians, is when, have, have you guys listened to this yet? Have you? Uh, when they talk about Epaphroditus, they talk about he had some, because how do you rhyme Epaphroditus, right? What rhymes with that? They say he had some sort of itis because he was sick. I said, yes, yes. Dave and Augie are watching. If you didn't just groan right there, Dave, then I don't know what we're doing, so. Uh, yeah, so there was social intercourse, right? Paul actually checks basically all the definitions of this word off when he's talking about the Philippians, because it is a rich, uh, engaging word, and he is just wearing it out. But I want to lean into that word, per, that uh, definition, the second one there, participation, quite a bit. This is mutual engagement. So if we participate in something, we are mutually engaged, right? So a couple of applications and personalizations off this page. First, about the prayer. Uh, So believers pray for believers when they think of them. Believers pray for believers when they think of them. This is a spectacularly wonderful habit to get into. So what do we do with that? We pray for believers when we think of them. And if your first thought was, well, I don't think about, mm, okay, let's, let's work through that. And if your second thought was, well, that'd be a lot of prayer. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And then application number two, gospel partnership requires engagement. Gospel partnership requires engagement. Paul doesn't pick this word if they weren't engaged. So gospel partnership requires engagement. So what do we do with that? Engage in gospel partnership. Partner, pray, give, support, go, share, all the words. (laughs) Engage in gospel partnership. Now, it's going to sound like I'm picking on big groups of people with what I'm going to say next, and I'm not. I just wanna tell you how this can go sideways, all right? Paul did not say, I'm praying for you because of your partnership in building wells. Paul did not say, I'm praying for you for your partnership in feeding the poor. Paul did not say, I'm praying for you for your partnership in insert whatever cool, good, social activity that I think is actually helpful for the world and the people in it. He said, I'm praying for you for your partnership in the gospel. Because as long as that remains the central thing that binds us together, there's lots of awesome implications from that. But when you rip the gospel out of social engagement, what you are left with is hollow and empty and will 100% fall apart. 100% will fall apart. It just needs time. Now, this word partnership shows up a couple of other times in uh, Philippians in two one and in three ten. In both cases, the uh, CSB translates it uh, fellowship, but that's not the context here. As much as partnership is, it's a much better translation of partnership. So here is a. So I, I feel like I'm nitpicky with these translations sometimes. Here is a uh, Brian would say a grand and glorious ex, uh, translation. Because this word is flexible. Partnership's the right word here in 1-5. Fellowship would be the wrong word there in 1-5. Fellowship is the right word in 2-1 and three ten. So really good stuff. All right, so let's keep going. So your partnership in the gospel. The gospel. So what the word gospel mean when Paul wrote this word? What did it mean to the Philippian believers? This is, well, this is an easy one. Like, yeah, yeah, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the gospel, this whole gospel story, the good news of Jesus Christ. Have you ever wondered what this word meant, like before Jesus? What did it mean before Jesus? Just good news, Just good news right? Yeah. So, I'll give you an example. Uh, so, this is uh, Evangelion. This is the Greek word. This is Dr. Hellerman again. Uh, it appeared in Roman imperial propaganda. So if you thought governmental propaganda was a new thing, it is not a new thing. It's been around as long as there have been governments. There we go. Roman imperial propaganda where an emperor's birthday was associated with the dawn of a new era. Uh, One inscription in the city of uh, Priene, I think, uh, reads in reference to Augustus, who's also called Savior, the birthday of the god was the beginning of good tidings, evangelion, for the world. Do you feel like there's any, like, any Bible writer piggybacked on any language here? Right? We went, They went right in and usurped it all and said, Oh, you think, you think Caesar's a god? Let me show you the real god here. Right? So this word meant something to the Roman population inside Philippi. And it would have been good news. And the government would have pitched it as good news that their god, their primary religious source, uh, was doing whatever he was doing at the time. So your fellowship in the gospel. Now, if you look at the, the parentheses, uh, or the brackets, sorry, after gospel, and look at the references there in Philippians. Philippians 1, 1.5, 1, 1, 1 16, 1 27, twice, 2.22, 4.3, 4.15. Does that seem like a lot of uses of the word gospel for a four-chapter letter? yeah. So Paul uses Philippians more than three times as often in in Philippians. Let me rephrase this. Paul uses gospel more than three times as often as in all of his other letters. If I were to ask you, which of Paul's books has gospel in it most frequently, which one would you say? You'd want to go, like, Romans, right? I mean, that's the, the Magna Carta of the New Testament. I mean, it's just this golden jewel in the... Actually, no, it's Philippians. And I don't think it's an accident that these themes of partnership and joy and celebration and rejoicing are tied to this repetition of the gospel. Because the closer we get to the gospel, the more joy there is. Like, it's not a, like, well, we lean into that old thing that we've all heard that we all, no, 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 no. This is new. This is amazing news every single day. Every single day. All right, so for your partnership in the gospel from the first day. So when was the first day? There we go, Acts 16. That's exactly right. Just put the notes there. Acts 16. When Paul and the crew went where? To do what? Down to the river to pray. Yes, it's exactly right. And they met Lydia and the crew. (laughs) And lo and behold, a church is born. It's gorgeous. So from the first day until now. So when's the now? When he's writing the letter. Right. So for the past 10 years, so that's your context. For the past 10 years, because of your partnership in the gospel, let me rephrase it, for the last 10 years. And how old were these believers? Like were these, these were deep, mature uh, saints that had been following Christ for decades. And dec- no, the, the oldest would have been a 10-year-old Christian. So it does not take a lot of time to be a partner in the gospel. It is not something that, that requires a, uh, well, the longer you walk with the Lord, the wiser you'll be. Well, hopefully. But partnership in the gospel can start immediately. This is low-hanging fruit for every believer. So what would be, so I, I intentionally left my applications and personalizations blank at the bottom of page 30. What do you think? Applications? For page uh, 30, partnership in the gospel from the first day. What would an application be? What's that? Ooh, that's good. Christians participate from the first day. Yes, yes, applications. Christians participate from the first day. That is good. Yeah, application number two, the gospel is the center. What else? What you guys will find when you start to do this on your own uh, is that you can come up with dozens of these and dozens and dozens. And I'm just being nice, Zeke, when I only tell you two or three on each page. Otherwise, the lessons would take six hours and. Julie would fall asleep, even though she's hopefully watching online. Maybe. (laughs) So what else? So we got uh, Christians participate from the first day. The gospel is the center. What else? Did Danus to go walk the baby? That's hilarious. <laughs> so uh, Julie asks me sometimes when I teach and somebody will come in and out or something happens in the room. She's like, hey, did that bother you? I said, did what bother me? And she describes the thing and I'm like, babe, I have no idea what you're talking about, like none whatsoever. So I have no idea how he got a baby out of the room and I didn't even notice. So like, that is just so if you all ever think like that's bothering. It is not bothering Jim. Jim is not aware of that thing going on, so, you know. All right, so let's do some personalizations for Christians participate from the first day. So let's personalize it for our group. How many of you have been a Christian for more than 10 years? Like more than 10 years? Like, on average, we're kind of more than 10 years? Yeah, cool. More than 20? I won't go any higher, but, all right? Cool. Zeke's doing math. He's like, yep, okay, good, got it. Good. Uh, oh, she's, she, yeah, okay, she just put a laughing face, so that means she agreed. She's good. Um, so let's personalize Christians' participation from the first day. So, uh, so what do we, that's the personalization, what do we do with that? Uh, we participate every day. We participate every day. Because most of us, our first day was a hot minute ago, right? Every day is a new day, yes. Doing that today. What's new today? His mercies are new today for today, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if, uh, if application number two, the gospel is the center, so what do we do with that? Focus on the gospel, yeah. Keep the gospel the center. Check to make sure the gospel is the center. There's lots of good ways to personalize this. This is the other thing. There's there's almost never just one personalization for an application. There's usually like a dozen of them. So if you feel like, "Well, I think this would be great." Write it down. Fantastic. Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. All right, so let's read those Three verses again real quick. So I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. Boy, that's a loaded sentence. The love from Paul is dripping off of the pen. Let's go live that this week. Let's pray for each other. Let's engage and participate in gospel work. It's good for us. It's good for the body. It's good for unbelievers. It's good all around. All right, we'll pick up with verse 6 next week, Lord willing. Uh, And you should have, there it is. Dave, my biggest challenge today has been locating this because I set it down. There we go. All right um so let's move into our prayer time so you should have a uh, weekly update at your tables so if you would uh, pick a section or two to pray over uh, if you want to just read through if, if you have a lot of prayer requests in any given section and you know, make sure these are as up-to-date as they can be that would be great uh, and then your attendance on the other side uh, would be fantastic again my attendance taker is not here so and my backup attendance taker is not here so I am deeply concerned that you are all going to get credit today uh, with whatever angel keeps up with this in heaven. I don't know. As a child, I was told that there was an angel that kept track of attendance. And, um, and it's kind of always bugged me because that felt like a really lousy job. <laughs> like, who got stuck with that, you know? But anyway. All right. So after you've prayed with each other, uh, you are free to go and to worship this one who the gospel is all about. To go to worship the Father who hears our every prayer with joy. We're go to worship the one who is worthy of thanksgiving. So, thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at oursundayschool.com. Grace and peace to you.